the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. Fired up today, Jackie. Fired up, brother. It is a Monday here at the Colin Thompson Show. That's me. I'm your host. Jack Connell's joining me. Producer, do it all, man. Everything we do here is brought to you by Not For Long Media. Jack, how are we doing today, pal? Doing good. Just got done a weekend of outdoor chores. You know, well, I think we both did some power washing recently, and I got some staining done. Some cleaning. It was nice. It was a nice little spring cleaning. Now, is it headphones in while you're power washing, Jack? Is it listening to a pod like I am mowing the lawn, or how are you going about your business? Stuck with my thoughts. Stuck with your thoughts. Wow. <laughs> I enjoy, I don't know. It's just mainly, I don't know why I did. It's just, I, cause I, I'm an earbuds guy when I'm mowing the lawn in my own. Well, I have a pusher and a driver, but I don't know. Must I decided nice. not to, I, I guess my thing is I'm always pressure washing. I'm not really the most neat person. I sometimes just, it ends up, well, I just don't want to get anything soaking wet and ruined. So I just keep all electronics, a safe 20 feet from me at all times. And, you know, I guess I could use a speaker, but I was too lazy. That's hey, right, Jack. You know what? At least you lean into your uh, decisions in life, and there's zero judgment on my end. Good weekend on my end. Let's see what we do. A lot going on in Annapolis. There's a Navy Army lacrosse game on Saturday. This ridiculous spring sale, Jack. So they take all the athletic gear. You would have had a field day. Everything, every sport at Navy, and it's marked down like 80%. There's baseball helmets, there's football helmets, there's shoes like crazy like i've never been on a shop for size 15 shoes like that in my entire life so that was amazing going through about 100 boxes of shoes and buying a pair for 30 bucks that is 150 to 200 dollars. that was great a bunch of you know, sweatpants and hoodies and awkward sizes like the xls got ran through so the double x for me was good um grab some shirts and shoes for other people that was good but mm-hmm. at the end of the day what a cool atmosphere with Army Navy lacrosse. And then Sunday, people saw me Sam Bonin, but that was just so, so cool. Like being here and being able to walk 10 minutes to a college sports game, Army Navy, you can't beat it. Great buzz, great vibe. It was packed. Justin Ayers was with me from Breaking Bats, our baseball show. If you guys are into baseball, we talk college and pro baseball in there. Check it out. Breaking Bats pod. And uh, yeah, so great weekend though, Jack. Had some fun Saturday night. Went to Davis's Pub. Legendary spot here. Went to Chop Tank, a couple other places, and had some fun with some friends and some family, and got around at a good time, Jack. So got after it today, working out, a couple meetings, and we got Alec Ingold joining us. Very the lead per usual, but Alec Ingold, an absolute legendary fullback, the people's fullback, as I call him, joined our show last week. He has a new book coming out. Uh, he's going to be doing his own podcast in parallel to that book. You can hear all this on our show. That's going to come up here after Jack and I are done bullshitting and wasting your time. Uh, what else? Alex, just a freaking stud played for the Oakland Raiders. Then the Vegas Raiders, uh, undrafted out of Wisconsin. And then just a truly amazing story. Someone that was adopted, uh, ended up, you know, getting a scholarship to Wisconsin, playing linebacker, playing running back former quarterback, and then turns himself into a stud 
in my opinion, uh, Kyle Juszczyk is the best fullback in the NFL. Ricard in Baltimore is as well. And Alec Ingold is in that category of the top three, top five. And Alec may be the best at this juncture because of all the things he can do athletically, physically, and his age. So guy's a stud, signed a nice ticket in the offseason last year, two-year deal. He's going on his second year at Miami. So Alec Ingold, I hope you guys enjoy him. He's a tremendous human being. I met him at the NFL media workshop broadcast boot camp out in L.A., and we hit it off like that. And uh, it's been a blast getting to know him. And he jumped and said, yeah, you got a show? I'm jumping on right now. So Alec is tremendous. I think you guys will enjoy that. Jack, did you know who Alec Ingold was before we had him on the show? Not going to lie. I'm not good with my fullback knowledge. I really should be. I I've knew the name. I didn't know much about him. I didn't know that he had joined Miami. I still remember him from Vegas. Well, yeah, I guess I was still Vegas at that point. But I just, I mean, I hate to continue to go back. It's just such a shame that on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, you just lost my phone number when you were in that shop of all that gear that was heavily discounted. I, just, I can't. Hey, that, Jack, that's you terrible. By, you want a Navy crew? Uh, you want a Navy uh, field hockey shirt? Well, I don't know if you could tell by my background, but I'm always, you mentioned helmets. I'm always on the look for helmets, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, we've been in these situations before the roles reversed, you know, Listen, well, I'll remember it. Jack did purchase, I did Venmo him, but he purchased me a wonderful Jason Witten knockoff Tennessee. That was not football. a knockoff. That was Tennessee. legit. This is a knockoff. No. It's about the definition of a knockoff, but it's, yeah, I guess you're right. It's a jersey. It's a, it's a fan jersey. It's not a game jersey. A replica. Yes. A replica Jason Witten, Tennessee football number one jersey that I'm going to hang up here in the bar. For those that don't know and want to watch the shows, I'm in my bar now, out back in our bar, I should say, out back of the house. All the memorabilia is up on the walls. So I, I have all of the things spread out throughout the walls here, different jerseys of my friends in the NFL that I've swapped with. Just, pictures of our family history my uncle flying his f-18 in the navy because we're in annapolis all the pictures of key west dartboard here so i think i'm gonna start pimping out this area back here a little bit you got teddy from the seat from davis's pub the bartender there he's got a shirt so i had him sign his shirt so look all the license plates from over the years i don't know all ideas from other bars and restaurants i've been to so come watch us on youtube everything we do on YouTube and and not for long media and the Colin Thompson show is brought to you by the original Fudge Kitchen shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Mother's Day is three weeks away, folks. Whether you have you're gonna buy it for your mother or for your wife or for somebody in your life who's special to you that is a female, fudgekitchens.com has what it takes to make those people happy. So show check them out. Ship the fudge yourself or pop in one of their locations all up and down the Jersey Shore from Ocean City to Cape May. All right, Jack, what are we talking about today? I think the NFL draft, right? What do you want to talk about, pal? Because this is right up your alley. Ross Tucker show. You're ready to go. You're interviewing big quarterbacks. I don't hear it, Jack. We got the fullbacks coming on. Undrafted. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this show has had more of the big-name quarterbacks than Ross's show. Well, we think we've had, what, Heineke? Sam's a, a guest in heart, I guess. We've had enough interactions. Same he wore a hat in a Baker. press conference against the Jets. I don't think it gets any bigger than that. The vi video of him wearing the hat was like, I don't know, million views. So thank you, Sam. We love you for that. 
But yeah, I mean, this draft is really interesting. As one anonymous GM said today, nobody has any idea what's going to happen. I feel like if by at least this point, you kind of have a sense of like, all right, this guy's going to go, and then the next quarterback's going to be this guy, and then this will be the next quarterback. It always seems like there's some set order of what quarterbacks are going to be going. The one thing that has everybody in a frenzy is Houston. Houston, for like the first month after the season, it's like, all right, we'll take Stroud. Like, whatever. Then for CJ Stroud, Carolina picked up, like, all right, well, they'll take Bryce Young. And now they're back, it was back to Stroud. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I think it was FanDuel or Caesars odds have Will Levis as like the heavy favorite to go number two. Houston saying they're not going to take a quarterback. Could be Will Anderson. They could be trading back. And it's just, I think I, that makes that's what makes draft night so fun. It's just the uncertainty of it all. It, it's a boring draft when the first, like the NBA, and it happens a lot. Like the first four picks are pretty much decided, and the draft starts at the fifth pick. Like it's just even like as much as Bryce Young's talked about, like he's really not necessarily a lock at one either. Like I feel like there's been other years where it's like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence were penciled in from January. Like it, it's fun having this uncertainty of who's going to go when. What can happen with teams that have multiple picks like the Eagles, teams that want to trade up like Tennessee? Like, it's going to be an interesting. Do we know they want to trade up? We have no idea. That's my point. This is all a crapshoot and drama for NFL media to have something to talk about for four months. I'm to me, it's all a bore fest. I can't wait to get to the draft because the draft is is the best time of year in the NFL offseason. It is fun, it is exciting. It's an amazing moment for these kids that have worked extremely hard. It's an amazing moment for these college coaches, the guys that have recruited them, the gals that have recruited them, uh, the families, the player. It's amazing. Your goal is realized. It comes ahead. Now, the work, of course, is doubled and tripled when you get to pro football compared to college. But nonetheless, you reach the goal. You reach the pinnacle of your life. In a second, it happens like that in one phone call, whether you get drafted or undrafted. And Jack and I have talked about it here before, a third of the NFL is undrafted. That's 53 active rosters. That's on the active roster, 53, man. So it's out of the 32 active rosters, you know, a third of 52, their players are undrafted. So that's a huge number, a huge number. So it should be interesting to see how that's all going to work work out. Um Sorry, Jack, I saw something here that the Titans have not got any calls whatsoever. And that's why I was a little distracted there. For Derrick Henry. For Derrick Henry. I didn't mention Derrick Henry. I said the trading up. We'll see what happens. But listen, <laughs> here's what's happened. It's a race to the draft. It's a race to the first round. It's so fun. It's so long. The picks are way longer than whatever X amount of time they have to pick. Uh, my goal for this draft is not to ha- use my phone and try to watch it because you fall on your phone, you find out everything before it happens. It takes away from the fun. In my opinion, it's like, Oh, I follow this one Twitter account who is a security guy in the back that knows that everything happens before it happens. Like, yeah, okay. Like I get it. You want to be the first on the scene. You want to be Jack Connell tweeting away. Look what I found. But I kind of like how we can enjoy the reality TV show that it is. And in, and embrace it and have some fun with it. So I'm excited for the draft. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, for me, there's a lot of really special moments around this day and I was undrafted, but you would have thought when we celebrated and we were down in Cape May, New Jersey with close family and close friends. And there was 30 of us there, whatever it was, 
you would have thought I was the first pick overall. I signed a signed a bonus with the New York Giants for forty five hundred dollars. I fielded, which is a very low number. I fielded probably twenty calls the week or two before the draft from teams, and my agent and I at the time were very interested in that and obviously very excited. But my agent was like, "You may end up getting drafted." I I interviewed with uh, uh, Nick Casario and the New, New England Patriots in person. Again, this is a long time ago, so I can talk about that publicly, but probably never been talked about publicly. Uh, interview with the Patriots, and that was threw me on my heels. You know, we thought I was going to be a barely undrafted tight end, and now I'm a part of these meetings with with some of these teams here uh, on discussion of possibly getting drafted by that team. So that was really humbling and really fun. And I remember on draft day in particular, the third day, my phone starting to ring. In the sixth and seventh round, hey, listen, you know, we have a pick here. We may take you. We may not take you. All that drama that all you always hear, but really they're not going to take you. They just want to show you love. So when you're a free agent, they can recruit you just like you're back now in college again. So it was between, I think, the Rams, Oakland, at the time, Raiders, and then the New York Giants. So they were the teams, and it was a no-brainer. My my agents, Giants, were all over me as an undrafted player. That was the year they drafted Evan Ingram. And my agents kept pounding the table. I think the Giants are the move. The Giants are the move. I know they just drafted a first-rounder, but we think that's the best thing for you. Great. Trust them. They're great to me. And it was the best decision I ever made. Became a New York football giant while I was in Cayman, New Jersey. A friend of ours, John, ran out and went to the local sporting goods store and bought everything in that place that was New York Giants blue. Uh, these are all diehard Eagles fans too. So it shows you, you know, how special some of my family and friends are to me and how great people they are. And we went to the sea view, which has been the bar of the week on the show many a times after partying at the house. And we, we closed the sea view and some, and uh, you, we sang and laughed and danced. Like, again, I was the first pick overall because it is a grind. It is crazy. And I don't even put no put into words because the journey it takes you particularly that I went through and a lot of players go through and it's not the prettiest. It may look pretty at times from the outside, but it is a pure grind and a pure climb of a mountain just to get there. And then to stay is a whole nother beast, which I found out. And that's how this media company was born when I got cut not too far later and NFL stood for not for long. So I know very long winded answer, but you know, draft day means to me, it's, it's a pinnacle. It's the goal. It's family, it's friends. It's thanking all the coaches who helped me along the way because without them, I'm not here. I'm a product of my environment. So that's what it means to me. And uh, it, it's been a hell of a hell of a ride. So I digress. A little emotional there for me, Jack. Bring back some good memories, pal. Bring back some good memories. What else we need to talk about today, Jackie? We meant, did, did you get to your bar of the week this week? Well, I want to talk about our friends down at Shots and Giggles. The bar of the week always here at the Colin Thompson Show. No matter what we decide, Shots and Giggles is our bar of the week because man, oh, man, oh, man. It is the local spot in Key West, Florida. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It is truly, truly mm, the best spot to hang out, have a good time, order some food, hang out with some friends, get off the beaten path of Key West craziness and just enjoy and relax and hang out with Danielle and Ashley and the bartenders and Steve and Hanya and the awesome crew there. Great locals, great people. Shots and Giggles Key West. Check them out. Yeah, Jack, I mean, I guess we'll get into the bar of the week. Anything else NFL draft-wise before we move on, and then we're going to shut this puppy down and kick it right over to Alec. Tight yeah, ends, I mean, big-time heavy tight end drafts. I've talked to a couple tight end coaches around the NFL, a couple scouts around the NFL. This is a 
group that they are really bullish on from blockers to pass catchers to dynamic athletes, different shapes, different sizes, high pedigree, uh, big school, small school. The NFL draft has a lot to offer this year when it comes to the tight end position. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm excited to track it. Is there going to be more tight ends taken, Jack, in the first two rounds or quarterbacks? Let's do that. I'm trying to think of the tight ends. Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. I think, I think there will be more tight ends taken in the first two rounds than quarterbacks. I know. I'm trying to give a running list of the the top tight ends that would go. Um, what's his face from Iowa? I don't know. I think the, I think there would be equal or same. I think it's pretty much a lock. Equal or same. Gonna... Jack, you got to make a pick. Go to your head. More quarterbacks or tight ends taken? Tight ends. Just because there's only four quarterbacks that are really – Two tight ends are a lock for the first round. One's a fringe first, second rounder. And he's got to hope for one more to tie it. I mean, okay. I mean, because okay. I don't see any other quarterbacks. I mean, there's Jake Hayner's a couple of guys that are like pushing for like the late second, but between Levis, Richardson, Young, and Stroud, they'll all go top 10. And I think it's pretty much going to be it for a while. Hooker, first or second round? Probably second I mean, round, he's right? He's getting a lot of look. He's getting a lot of looks. I feel like he might be like a jail on Hertz, like goes around like the forties or fifties, or I think Desmond Ritter went around that range too. He might have been a third rounder though. So we'll but, see. I want to go tight ends. Jack goes tight ends. We'll, we'll see what happens. Way to make it. Way to make it fun podcasting, Jack, and agree with me. Good job. <laughs> uh, the bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson Show, brought to you by the original Fudge Kitchen, FudgeKitchens.com, is an awesome place in Cape May, New Jersey, Mayor's Tavern. In Cape May, New Jersey, the old mayor's tavern used to be the dive bar, but the owners, the founders of the new mayors have done an amazing job cleaning it up, making it a premier spot to hang out, have cocktails, enjoy the beautiful weather, a great little part of town right when you come over the bridge, right across the street from the lobster house. You can't beat it. Awesome service, awesome management, fantastic food, clean bathrooms. Great vibe, live music in the summers, outside seating, inside seating, dancing and fun. Absolutely love Mayor's Tavern in Cape May, the bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson Show. Food and ambiance, it's a five out of five. It's a smaller menu, a leaner menu, but lots and lots of good stuff. The kale salad, again, a salad, come on, bro. The kale salad is elite. The appetizer are elite. Their burger is going to be one of the best burgers you're ever going to have. Love, love the burger. Food and ambiance, five out of five. Drinks, five out of five. Service, five out of five. And TVs, three out of five, which I think is perfect because they, you know, it's not a place where you want to watch games, but they have one TV. So they'll pop the Phillies game on there so you can follow it. It's not a massive TV, but it's just big enough so you can peek at it and follow it, but still enjoy drinks. So I almost want to give them a five out of five. But I don't want to break my rules and my tradition. So three out of five, still a great number. 18 out of 15 for the bar of the week this week at the Collins Omelette Show. Mayor's Tavern. Love this place in Cape May, New Jersey. All right, Jack. Seat Geek, baby. I'm going to the Washington Nationals game. Boar Fest on Friday. Not the Phillies, baby. Uh, no, I'm excited to go to the game. I'm excited to see the ballpark. I've been in around it many a times. I've halfway committed to going to games many times but to go to a game i'm really excited to do it right in the navy yard there a really cool spot um to check out in and around dc so 
Uh, excited to check that out this weekend, Jackie boy. Uh, that will be on Friday. Seat Geek, though. I'm punching the promo code Colin Thompson because I won 20 bucks off our tickets, $50 or more. So we'll see. Promo code Colin Thompson, Seat Geek. Check them out. What else we got, Jack? Promo code Colin, C O L I N for some sleep. Get some sleep. Get up, rise, kick ass the next day. And then Actions Over Words, our friends at Actions Over Words Apparel. Check them out. Guys, that does it. Uh, for me, it does it for Jack Connell. Anything, Jack, before we let you go. What do you got this week, Jack? What else on the on the menu before we let these these fine folks get finally listen to us shut up and go to the Alec Ingold and, uh, uh, excuse me, interview, Christ. The NBA playoffs have been heating up. That's probably about the only other real interesting heating thing. Going. The first round is garbage. Well, no, it's heating up because the garbage first round series are ending. And uh-huh. true dogfights are Golden State. If you haven't been watching Golden State Sacramento, you're missing out. That game started at 1030 at night, Jack. Change your sleep schedule. You got some sleep. You can get to bed. Listen, just because you're making a plug of one of our sponsors doesn't make it right. I'm not watching but that. If you're watching the NHL playoffs, the NHL playoffs have been ridiculous. Well, listen. Whether you like hockey or not, we have goalies fighting players. We have ridiculous goals. We have superstars. They're staggering the games now this year. So there's one at seven, eight, nine, ten. Brilliant. That's what the NBA is doing. I know, but they're it's boring. You get touched when you go to the line. It's a foul every time. You said it yourself that you watch playoff basketball because the whistle gets tightened. I watch it next round. I'm not watching this crap. All I'm saying, if you don't watch any other series, watch Golden State Sacramento. I the type of person you are and the type of basketball you enjoy. You will like it. That is, I don't want guys knocking down shots. I'm done with three point shots from half court. I love the game. I think they're beasts. I think Steph Curry's a monster, but it's like he's fun to watch. But everyone else, it it just, I don't know. You're right. You're right, Jack. I'm going to watch. I could be hypocritical. And just, and just for an entertainment perspective, watch that. And I was going to say Grizzlies Lakers is also a very fun series. Pissed off LeBron. It's fun. It's a must watch. LeBron, greatest athlete of all time. Not the best basketball player of all time. I think that's where I'm standing. I think we've had this argument many times. We both, again, boringly lie on the same line. I think one more ring, and he pushes himself in front. But I think you can have four rings. I think you could have four rings. I don't think rings matter to me. I'm talking pure he has eye four. test. He needs five. Whatever. He could have another four. My point is the true eye test. What's the eye test tell you? Well, I, I mean, he eye test. You, the eye test tells you he's number two and LeBron and MJ's number one. Everything included. Well, I, to, yeah, again, I'm talking greatest athletes to walk the planet, walk around. Again, yeah, I, we're not disagreeing here on this one. But being I'm, number two is pretty damn good. Yes, I'm saying yeah. I was just saying you look at the when you look all, best basketball player, you have to look at accolades, and then MJ is better. And I think the biggest outlier is the rings, and he has LeBron has one more if he could do it at age. 38, 39, playing the way he is at that age. He's never lost in the finals either. To me, that's it. He never lost. LeBron's also played in twice as many finals. But he's lost like 75% of them, right? Or 70% of them. I think he's four and six. I'd rather, you're saying you're not going to, you're not going to guy down because he's made it to the finals too many times. I'm just saying you can, I'm a LeBron fan as a player. Don't know him as a person, but. From all I hear, people like him. I, I, I just, I think he's number two, Jack. 
I, and I agree with you. I'm just saying, if the Lakers win this season, that changes the conversation. And we'll follow that on the next episode of the Colin Thompson Show. That's Shaq Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. I hope you guys enjoy Alec Ingold episode. No, this is the Yeti Blue Amazon special. We got the most intricate information in the world. The best. I don't even. What do you call this stuff? Hardware, software. We're, we're going live right off this. We're, we're just going to continue to roll the show just like we always do on the show. Complete and utter chaos. Alec Ingalls joins. What's going on, bud? Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. We uh, First week of phase one. So you get four days. You're with the boys. We're from like nine to one right now. So it's only, what, four hours? But like film, weight room, you're with the boys. Vibes are high. Second year in a system. Second year at the same facility. That's only happened one time before in my career. And it's like, we're, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, dude, four years in the league, you're playing at a high level, and you've been in three facilities just because of, like, a you know transition, new coaching staff, whatever. It's just, like, the circumstance of the NFL, dude. And it's, like, one offseason continuity, and the boys are, like, the vibes are high. Going wow. golfing tomorrow with the running backs – freaking height dude like just i don't know so I'm for excited. context alec has played for the oakland raiders drafted or uh, you were drafted. Undrafted. undrafted undrafted squad let's go what was your signing bonus <laughs> are you ready for this are you sitting down for this one let me guess yeah i want you to guess 4500 10,000. No. See, I don't want to hear it. Mine was 4,500. <laughs> you no, guessed I'm your own? I'm an old you head. They've oh, doubled. Okay, yeah. They've doubled. Inflation-wise, we're about the same. We're ah, the same. look at that. California uh, state taxes is basically so I, 45. Yeah, you and the state tax. We're going to get into that into a second. But Alec was with the Oakland Raiders, then moved to Vegas. That's what he's talking about, moving different facilities, different coaches, different systems. And now he's going two years in a row. In Miami, no state income tax. Thank you very much. Keep the change. Okay, so who is the best golfer out of the running backs? Uh, we go tomorrow, so we're going to see. And if I'm not, I'm going to be a little upset at myself, I think. When we have four up. guys that are going that don't have a set of clubs. So that's the, you know, that's where we're <laughs> – the boys are going for great vibes. We're, we're going for team bonding. If we make it through 18, I feel like that's a success. And you guys are Monday through Thursday down there, correct? Monday through Thursday, four days a week. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to signing with the team here soon. <laughs> hey, dial up the Dolphins. Hey, coach, be ready to ready to go here. I'm ready to go, man. You need a scrappy veteran tight end that's extremely cheap. I'm your guy. Also, had a lot of fun at the, at the um, NFL boot camp. That's where Alec and I met and making fun of Michael Burton, the people's fullback the entire time. The the fullback of the people, Michael Burton. I'm he literally has the just most making... glorious hair I've ever seen. It's never There's never a hair out of place. It doesn't move either. I wonder if there's any product in there. And here's the thing with that guy. He thinks he's like the worst player in the NFL, and he's been nine years in the league. <laughs> so some like again, it's like my media company, not for long media. C Max, like, bro, you're on year seven. Like, it's not not for long anymore. Like, drop the act. I'm like, no, screw you, bud. I still only have two two credited seasons. It's I mean, you talk about the average. So what is the average actually? So it's 2.2. Is it 2.2 credited seasons or is it 2.2 seasons overall? I think it's 2.2 credited seasons, which sounds about right because if you do the math, if you have two credited seasons and then you play two games, you're one game away from your pension and some teams will not give it to you. They won't make you active or they'll cut you because they don't want to pay your pension. Wow. That is fact. I've heard that from multiple people, not just like, 
some disgruntled employee, like from right. players. I've heard it from front office. I've heard it from coaches. Yeah. It's a dirty mm. part of the league, man. Dirty. Um, okay. So vibes are high in Miami. Yeah. What do you think of coach? Coach McDaniel. Um, one of the most authentic human beings in the world. Like you see the, the, everyone sees the clips. Everyone has the little reels, the highlights, him talking with Tua, joking around. You know, I had a little NFL film spot with him. Cause he's like, Hey man, you know, that time you, the guy tried to tackle you and then you didn't let him tackle you. Like that was cool. And like, that's what he, that's what he said on the sideline. Like that's, it's cool. And it's funny. Dude has a very high standard about how he approaches. So like that's how, He's able to be so loose on the sidelines, be real with the guys, be in the moment. It's all about being intentional. I I really, really mess with that stuff. Like I love being in the moment, the mindfulness, the mindset of preparing your tail off, process oriented, and then go out and cut it loose in a football field. Like I fullbacks are probably one of the easier guys to buy into a system and a culture and all that. But like the way he does it, I, I really do think it's just real. It's who he is. And he's not trying to pretend to be anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you talked about mindset, and I think that's unique. We, again, just like working your ass off, and then you get to the game, and you have to really work hard at this. I had to of like, just let it go, just let it rip, let the training happen. There's going to be mistakes. How long or when did that point hit you? Because it hit me probably my first year in Carolina, 2020, after playing pro for three years. Mm. Yeah, I think it was it was really about the same time for me. Like, I really started to get my footing year three where I started to be a leader and it's like undrafted fullback. And then all of a sudden you start getting some confidence. You start just being yourself around the guys. You start having real conversations and not, not BS in one another. Like actually you talk about locker room talk, but like you actually care about the person next to you. Like it's kind of, you, you gain respect over a few years of being in the same system in the same um, organization, whether you're, you're moving places or not. And kind of sharing through those adversities and going through all that stuff together. Like, being yourself and being vulnerable kind of helps you be a leader. Then you rip an ACL, you tear up your knee. That's where all the mindset and mindfulness, like I, dude, I was pulling out every Ryan holiday book. I could every self-help every, you know, I'm following Gary V and every entrepreneur. And I, I just learned this thing about intrapreneurships. Have you ever heard of this? No. So there's this whole concept of intrapreneur and it's like being an entrepreneur within your role of an organization. So like you don't have to be your own business. You bring all of those principles into your role, master your role, same principles, but you know, it's, it's your job and so do your job essentially is the bill Belichick do your job, but like the creativity and the, the tenacity of an entrepreneur while you do it. And I feel like reading all that stuff, falling into that world in between year three and year four is when I kind of just went into that rabbit hole. Yeah. And you were coming off an injury, right? So, yeah. you know, you go to that dark place. It's very interesting. You find yourself, you find who your teammates are, your friends are, you find what organizations believe in you or not, right? That's a lot of it. And then back to your point of just getting settled in somewhere. I felt this year in Carolina, even though I didn't play because I popped my calf early in the season, I was able to really have a great leadership role. And that's a lot of reason why I believe that Carolina kept me around. But I wouldn't have been able to get that if it wasn't for dealing with the COVID year and then the next year and then, you know, tight end trip to Key West back to back years and all the dinners and the top golf and all the, you know, different charity events like investing in each other because in college you're used to doing that. And then when you get to the pros, half your locker room turns over every year. 
It's it's literally. I think the stat is like thirty three percent. I'm pretty sure. I think it's higher than that. I mean, I, like I, I think there's an actual the active roster. But if you take the ninety man, oh wait, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you. I look right. around and say fifty of these guys are going to be gone. Yeah. 43 or whatever 45 is going to be gone next year 45 is going to be gone and then yeah i guess i bet you it's 33 percent of the active yeah. also turns over so i can't even imagine those numbers but yes yeah, continuity you're talking about like that just doesn't doesn't happen in the league it's not a good thing or a bad thing or different it's just different it, it is what it is right i think you see the dynasties over the years back in the day when there was really no free agency like pittsburgh and dallas like those guys couldn't go anywhere so you see a lot of sustained sustained success, but and then you see New England, a lot of the same characters when they had it, obviously all around Tom and the coaching staff, but pretty similar characters, similar players, similar personality traits. I think it's hard for dynasties to make it in this league because of that. Obviously, free agency makes it harder, but that's why because guys are on the move. You can't build continuity. Yeah, I, I think growing up in Green Bay, you saw that. Like, when's the last time Green Bay's been out of a playoff picture, dude? Like, and you just grow up. I, I was born in 96. You have Brett Favre win a Super Bowl in that 96, 97 season. And they went on a run all the way through to that transition where he went to the Jets and then Aaron Rodgers comes in and now they're going through that entire cycle again. But it's been dude, 25, 26 years since they haven't been in it. And that's like some sort of sustained success like you're talking about within an organization, how it's run. You have different GMs, you have different head coaches, and people are able to, to plug and play because of the expectation and the standard. And nowadays, when you know, the Dolphins, we're, we're in a spot where, man, we're trying to reset that. We're trying to stamp our own thing. Like, you know, the, the logo of the Dolphins when Dan Marino was playing is not the logo of the Dolphins now. And it's like you have to bring in that culture and got to get guys that can buy in quick because you might only have them for a year or two or whatever the contract is. So, Going all in is like way more important. I feel like where your feet are at now versus ever. And like, that's how you, that's how you have success. It's like, it's not like going and grabbing every single guy you can. No, it's like the dudes that are in the building, they got to be bought in. They got to be dialed in. It's like those little inches of football, dude. Like that's, that'll never change. And I feel like that's where getting guys to, to buy into a place and all kind of rally around a leader, whether you're top dog, you're a Tom Brady quarterback or, you know, you're a fullback that's undrafted or, you know, whatever the case may be to be able to find those people. I think it's that's that's what wins football games nowadays, I think. No doubt. And like you said, being where your feet are, that's the fastest way to do it. That's the quickest way to turn around, in my opinion, because there's so many things that are pulling you as a player, whether it's off the field stuff. Guys have shows. Guys are married, getting married, kids, whatever, real life, social life. There's. During OTAs every other weekend, guys are on a bachelor party here or somebody's <laughs> getting wedding there. Like, that's true. Like, people are out Thursday night. It's like a sprint out of that parking lot. But when you are there from wet Monday to, like, Thursday morning, can you dial in some great points there? So you're born and raised in Green Bay. It's the football Christmas wonderland. That's what I took from it. It's football Jesus. It's like Notre Dame football, but, like, NFL version. I, I wore my Packers jersey. Vonnie Holiday. Number 90 was my first ever NFL football jersey. I wore that thing so much. Like, dude, I have pictures in flag football I was wearing. I was wearing it at church. I was wearing it at school. I was wearing it wherever. You couldn't get that thing off me. Being able to go to a William Henderson show as the fullback, number 33, big old neck roll, played there for a decade, right? And, like, getting to see that dude on a Tuesday night on his off day, 
and you're a kid just running around, just like staring at these guys, like, oh my God, you know, it's William Henderson. Like that's, that's the type of people and role models that a community was built on, dude. That's how I grew up. So to say that like, you love, Hey, do you like the game or do you love the game? Like, dude, it's, it's a, that's all I've known. You talk, talk show radio, we're at the broadcast boot camp, and they're trying to figure out if you know the players, you know the stats, you know the roster. And it's like, dude, it's, you watch the games, like any national broadcast game, it's on. NFL, good morning football, NFL network, it's on. I, mean, I think that's just a lifestyle you kind of get raised on up in Green Bay. What's your favorite thing to do when you go home in Green Bay? Is there a local mom and pop shop? Is there like a local bar? Is there like a local? Because again, I'm talking to Dan Arnold, who's a Wisconsin guy. And Dan's like, I go to this place, I drink a six pack. Man, Dan's a different character now. He's a legend. But you know, is there something that you, when you go home, you're like, man, this downtown Green Bay's got this great spot I love to go to, or this place that reminds you of just home? Yeah, man. I think Anduzzi's is like a little chain down there and great sports bar. You got the one up by the stadium, but then you got one right next to the, you know, the high school, Bayport High School. Got to show love there. You got the jersey up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the type of vibe it is. But, you grow up in a small town, Wisconsin, like the entire community is based around the high school. You know, the, the downtown area is starting to like pick up, but that's not what it was like when I was back there with all my boys. Like you want to see the people that you want to see family. And then it's like, it's the high school, man. That's what runs the show down there. So you're this tweener because you're six one. What are you? 235, 240, 235. Yeah. 232 today. Out of, the, out of the steam room. Okay. The steam good. Steam. <laughs> now are you a steam or sauna guy? Sauna was under construction today, dude. You kidding me? A Thursday? Sauna's hey, but I will say the facilities in Miami, unbelievable. Top notch. But we can't have let's do sauna repair on Friday when the guys are out of the building. But hit the steam room today instead. You switch it up, get out of your routine. It was it was pretty good. Mike Burton would be having a panic attack. Are you <laughs> kidding, kidding me? me? I needed to get my 15 minutes in and do my abs. <laughs> They got the red light in the sauna too. So you're getting all of that therapy and stuff, man. It's, it's legit down here. Yeah. I'm there five. I'm in there like five days a week, man. I'm a huge sauna guy and art in Carolina. They were like big time pushing it. So you're a tweener size wise. Like I see here, you're recruited for the play quarterback. You committed to Northern Illinois. I wanted to be the next Jordan Lynch, dude. I don't know if you, if, I don't know if that's a name that you remember. He was, are you Heisman. kidding me? I know exactly who that is. Quarterback. Heisman that was finalist. a dog crushing it so I, that's what i wanted to do um but then coaching change happened right before signing day coach christ paul christ was out out at pit doing his thing they bring him back to his you know hometown where he grew up madison wisconsin i was one of his first offers and it was like all right i gotta gotta do that dude gotta go to wisconsin and they offer you a walk-on spot no it was i got offered a scholarship but it was like it was, Sorry, like it was scholarship. I've read something wrong. You got a scholarship, but it was for like an un, you were you were undecided. Athlete. What position? Athlete. Athlete. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> Just show up and we'll figure it out from there. And then what was the prog? What was your progress like? Because it, it's always people think in college. I tell every kid this, and then parents. This is my son's a wide receiver. Okay, we're gonna find out if he is because real quick they know, and you get you could be a safety, and then one minute you're a, a son Reddick. He came in as a corner at Temple, moved to safety, moved to linebacker, moved to rush defensive end. You have no idea what you're going to play. So how was your journey through Wisconsin? Showed up maybe 215, 220 pounds. 
off the but never played defense before and none, none of that. And they're like, okay, you might be an undersized linebacker. Well, you show up in Madison, Wisconsin, they start feeding you freaking milkshakes and protein shakes. You get three of them a day. I went from 215 to like 235, 240 real fast, like real fast. So, okay, now we're going we're gonna to get you to linebacker. So first fall camp, I'm trying to learn how to tackle, how to play defense, what a stance looks like, where my alignment is. Never done any of that before. Made some plays just because, like you're saying, football is football, dude. Like you get put in so many positions, so many contact spaces. It's just if you're an athlete, you figure it out. And kind of got thrown in the fire, end up redshirting. Bunch of running backs get down, hurt, ankles, knees, shoulders, whatever it was. And they're like, all right, Al, you want to go play running back? Try that out. I was like, all right, let's go. Like, I just want to get on the field. I, I had a red shirt, and it's like, it's cool, but you want to play. So hopped over to that running back side of things, played one true freshman year there, uh, did all right, and then all everybody got healthy again. And it was like, okay, we don't, we don't really need you there anymore, so why don't you, you know, Think about fullback. Derek Watt leaves. We got myself, Austin Ramish in the in the building. And like, all right, let's go play fullback. Let's put the hand in the dirt. Never done that before. Uh, spring ball, I remember TJ Watt was coming off an injury. He was a tight end switching to linebacker. I'm a linebacker, running back, switching to fullback. And the dude would absolutely just get after me every single spring ball. Like, it was between him, Joe Schobert, and Vince Beagle, I was – in a freaking spin cycle. Cause one of them's like, you know, finesse, that's, that's, they're, they're moving, they're bending the corner. It's like, all right, you give up a T TFL. TJ watch is going to run through you. Cause he's just bigger, faster, stronger. And he's just like freaking, he's like a mammoth of a man. And he's figuring out linebacker. He turns out to be the all world, all purpose, all, all pro everything. And uh, yeah. So you kind of get thrown by, you know, trial by fire there and you just figure it out, man. You just, have that grit, that determination. You just, it's those cliche words, but I mean, you kind of have to get it done somehow. You got to figure it out. You got to be willing to fail a little bit. I'm sure you're out in Gainesville, like things weren't smooth all the time, right? Like you got to figure it out at some point. Like some point you just got to rub some dirt on it and get, get back in there. I wish, man, I would have paid to be able to run some dirt on these. My feet just kept breaking and Florida just said, Hey man, it's over. You got to go. And that's, I ended up going to temple and it was the best thing ever happened to me. But yeah, it was tough, man. There were some low, low moments. But spring ball is <laughs> that's where legends are made, man. The offseason, like spring ball, training camp. It's when like, did you switch over from Gainesville to Temple? So like, I played what? at Florida 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. redshirt year. So I was a redshirt sophomore when I went to Temple. And like, was it like spring ball time? Like when you no, show no. up on campus, or was I it? I showed like up in April. I mean, I showed up in August. Oh. Like right into training camp. And they were like, all right. We, you need to take some time, get healthy. I took a whole summer, nothing. I didn't do a lower body run or lift for like nine months. And then it's just training camp. And then it was training camp. Now they didn't, I didn't go through camp. I went through a whole other process. They put me through temple did. Mm -hmm. um, so that was great. And they were great with that. And they were selective with that. It was almost like a NFL type player situation. Like this guy's going to go through this to get ready to play for the season. And I didn't play till like week three or four. So I was able to practice and do a lot of things, but I wasn't playing yet. There was a rep count. It was very ahead of the time of college yeah, football. It was this very was, progressive. It was very progressive. And like coach rule at the time was very open-minded, but probably not as progressive. Like we're doing bull in the ring. We're nine on seven every day. <laughs> uh, there had to be some crazy physical practice at Wisconsin. No, had to be inside run. Inside run was half of the, pre like 
half of the practice was nine on seven oh. inside run. You're getting, you're getting ready to roll, dude. I, there was some, what are we taking that out of the NFL? <laughs> it's, and, and the thing was like, our offense is not complex. It's not hard, but then you have top of the nation defense every single year with Jimmy Leonard, with coach Wilcox, with Dave Aranda. Like we had some D coordinators dude, that end up all being head coaches uh, at some point. So we have, you know, run this way, right inside zone left. We got power, right. We got power left. We got outside zone, right outside zone left. And it's like, it's just man on man, like just, and it's over and over and over again. That's spring ball. That's development. That's getting your pads low, man. That's, that's what it was. So you get settled in at fullback. When did you know, like, all right, I'm going to be okay with this. Were they dump? Were you throwing you the ball? Were you running the rock? Were you laying people out? Cause that's tough in the big 10. It's tough sledding. It, it early on, I was really a backup, backup fullbacks, but the twos would go in and I get the ball all the time. I loved it. Like, I was catching every flat route, every wheel route, running the ball, third and short. Like the twos would go in after the ones and I would get all these touches and I loved it. Like it was, it was great, but I wasn't really playing very much uh, my junior year. And then senior year was kind of when the transition happened of being consistent, my job um, and, and being able to kind of be a better version or a more consistent fullback. So that's when blocking, catching, running, all that happened, I think you know, score 21 touchdowns as a fullback in college. Like that's, it's, that doesn't happen in many places other than uh, Wisconsin. You're a legend for that. You're a legend. I actually remember you coming out because we had a fullback at Temple who was one of the top rated guys in, in the country. And you were up there too. I would Google where his name was Nick Sharga. And the guy was an absolute menace and was probably the best football player and toughest guy I've ever played with in my life. Former linebacker, DN, like broke his arm when he was like red shirting and like practice with a broken arm. The guy was just different. And then Coach Rule left, went to Baylor and he stayed and they went to a spread offense and he pretty much went extinct. Had a had a tryout, rookie minicamp tryout with you guys in in Vegas. Really? And then he had a, a tryout with the Giants and maybe one or two NFL workouts, and that was it. Because he just, you know, he's, he doesn't have the hands that you had have and the athletic ability, but he's a thumper. And I think he, he was that good. He would have made it in the league as like a team's guy and a thumping fullback. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. But the position is still staying strong because here's the thing that offense that Kyle Shanahan runs, your coach runs it. Several coaches in the team league run it. It's super successful, so it's not going anywhere. So the fullback's not going anywhere anytime soon. Do you agree? Got to agree. And I think that's where you make yourself you know, an asset to the team. You want to blend all form- formations. You want to make everything look the same. You want to have some sort of cohesiveness. You you watch Juice Tape, man. I think Ooh. he's he's putting on 30, 40 plays a game on offense that are, are, are teach tape. You know, he's, he's hardly ever out of position. He's always getting proper leverage, whatever it was. Maybe not the thumper like you were saying, but to be able to understand the entire concept of an offense and make it run and make everybody else look good. And then when you get the ball, make something shake. You know, he's doing toe taps down the sideline. He's catch- it's That's like invaluable. Just to be consistent, be that safety blanket, to be able to make an offense move and adjust uh, the way you need to. Like that's, we were talking about earlier, that's how teams win games. And that's how you're able to kind of, in the new rules, we're protecting quarterbacks. We're scoring more points on offense. Like those types of things really help up the percentages of no matter where you're on at on the field, you're going to be able to score. I believe Juice did he win a Super Bowl with the Ravens? I don't know. Did he win? Let's just Google it for old time's sake, Kyle. Juice checker, look, spelling that one. 
because and again this is horrible podcasting but i don't really care um i mean god bless bell in this one here you go did he win a super bowl he was drafted by the ravens in 13 when the ravens won a super bowl ravens super bowl somebody's screaming at the listen to this right now saying 2010 20 oh no so you gotta take the year after they won the super bowl i remember watching Ooh. i thought i was thinking about him i'm thinking about somebody else i remember watching delaney walker in that offense with colin mm-hmm. kaepernick and them and he was just dogging people playing like h-back and i'm like who is this guy and then everybody knows him now from tennessee he caught a bunch of balls and he may be retired or may not yet but i digress a little a little little nugget here man you have a book coming out little talk nugget. about the book talk about the audio book Little Seven Crucibles. Uh, wrote it while I was on a training table. Basically, got you know ushered out of the Raiders facility, and now you are a fullback that is unemployed, and you have a lot of time on your hands, and you can't really walk, and you got your identity stripped away from you for a little bit, and it's like, okay, now what? How are you going to respond? I feel like that's one of those self-help books. Like, can't control what happens to you in life. You can control your response to it, and after sulking and feeling bad for yourself, like you got to pull yourself out, dude, whether it's family members, friends, some sort of positive way to be able to stop digging a hole and get yourself out of that thing and start being back on standing on what you believe in your full potential. So I start journaling, start writing. A lot of guys say, you know, you break a foot over and over again, you have an ACL, whatever it is, you have a rehab. Let's stay consistent with the rehab. Let's, let's get your emotions out of things. Right. And then let's just, let's journal. Let's stay consistent so that every day you show up, you're ready to roll. And that journaling started turning into some sort of, you know, self-help book. I started realizing I knew the answers to the test before I took the test, before I needed to come back on the field. I knew the path forward. So, man, that's really what I got down to was like, let's answer these questions to the test. Let's put together. Let's figure out how we're going to get back from point A to point B. I'm going to write a book on it. I'm going to give it to other people so that they can do it for themselves, empower them to do, to be the best version of themselves. But it kept me accountable a little bit too on like, this is how I'm going to come back, finish writing it in July. I hadn't stepped on a football field yet. I was like, all right, now now we got to go. I I know it's going to be published in in February, March, April of 2023. It better be a a good story. It better have a good season because, you know, I already wrote this thing and this is exactly what I'm going to do. And um, to put together, you know, career highs coming off an ACL in a new system, new offense, new state across the country. You know, I think that was a big piece of it. And I feel like that's where there is some sort of validity to it now, right? Like, man, the dude wrote it. This is the blueprint. This is the game plan for overcoming adversity. Now, how can we empower other people to do that in their own lives? So that was the premise of the book. Powerful stuff, man. Now, was any current teammates or former teammates involved in that book? writing stories or any what was the involvement of, of the kind of the football culture into the book with maybe just teammates or some people so every crucible has a story to it and it was really progressive right or it progressed along a timeline so you know your first crucible is really about you know purpose right so you try and figure out your purpose or defining your why i think that's a common theme in nfl locker rooms and corporate culture whatever you want to talk about it. know your why whether it's family whoever so you have stories behind defining that. You know, mine was my adoption story, which is very, at the very beginning. But then you kind of relay that into the ACL current timeline. It's like, okay, I need to get back to my why and connect to that why to move forward. And that was you know, a conversation I had with Derek Carr. And he's like, dude, you know, Mamba mentality. You got to decide how you're going to embrace this opportunity, embrace this change, 
it's things aren't going to be the same and that's okay. That's life. But that conversation is a part of the book. That's where you have teammates that are NFL stories, real life in the moment, like raw emotions that you're feeling at the time, but you're also relating it to the process of growing up, of making it to the NFL. And it, they kind of go piece by piece throughout the book um, all the way to, to current day and in that seventh crucible. That's awesome, man. So where can people find it? Anywhere. Amazon is like the number one place. If you order, I bet you, Colin, you could you know, hop on there real quick. I bet you it's on your doorstep tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, it's the power it. of Amazon, dude. I, I, I'm it's, telling you. It's incredible. It is ridiculous. And we used to joke about this, right? Like as kids, like run around like, oh, they're going to be able to order something. The seven crucibles comes right up. <laughs> look at that. Three days. I'm going to order it right now. <laughs> you said three days? No, let's look. Free delivery Friday tomorrow. That's tomorrow. April 21st. Add to cart. I'm going to buy it right on this show just to prove wow. it. Like, I think that was always, under a minute, dude. You might set a record. Everyone says, oh, you know, I'm going to buy your book and support you. And they never buy your book. Supposed to see, boop, there's the right address <laughs> tomorrow. Done. This will be the first book I ever read. I've never read a book in my life. Seriously. Cover I, to cover? I, I've never, never covered a cover. I mean, I've read books and chapters and schoolwork and all that stuff. But like right. as a kid, my worst nightmare was like the summer reading. You kidding me? I had more anxiety and stress about that than playing in a freaking NFL game. Dude, and I'm was, telling you, you get this book on Friday, guarantee you a coffee shop, either Saturday or Sunday, you finish it. Hour and a half, two hours. Okay. Like that's That was the process. That's the concept of a book. Like I wanted to write it so you actually want to read it. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't want it to write it and just like, make sure the pages were long. Like, no, font's big. It's 120 pages. You can flip through that thing and you, you feel like empowered by the time you leave. Like, if you show up at a Starbucks 1130 on a Sunday, like, you know, got the shades That's a poor on, local whatever. business. We, we're not shouting out Starbucks. Okay, okay, yeah. Local, local coffee company. Local, Let's go rock, Annapolis, you know, we're getting Maryland. a cup of Joe. We're Rise getting a cup coffee. of Joe right Yeah, no doubt. We're going right there. You spend two hours there, some shades on outside, getting, you know, circadian rhythm going, like get the sunlight. You're crushing this thing. You're you're done by lunch. I'm not in South Florida, man. Not everyone can afford, you know, and, and you're not, and you're not paying state income tax now. How wonderful is that, dude? It's amazing. It, moving from Oakland with that rookie minimum contract to then that second year Vegas, no state income tax. I got like a, I got like a fourteen percent raise. No, like a seventeen percent raise from just moving. And everyone listening is like, oh, you guys make a ton of money playing the NFL. It's not the case for a lot of people. Um, Alex on a second contract. So Jack for you, bro. But that's, you know, again, that you have, you have one or two of those maybe, and, and that's it. You got to make your money now. It doesn't last forever. And we play high impact positions. Every position is, but some are more than others and fullback and tight end. So when you make your money, you got to stash it away. And when you play, when we played back-to-back weeks in Houston and Dallas, I was so happy, um, you know, playing down in Florida. We played in Miami a couple of years ago. I was inactive, but I was on the active roster, which is wonderful. Um, so no, it's good, man. I'm so happy for you, bro. Where do I want to go here as we wrap things up? How about some fun stuff? Where's your favorite stadiums to play in the NFL? I played at Lambeau my rookie year, and that's up there, dude. And I, I feel like that's bias, and I feel like that's a cliche answer, but that was literally like, I think half of my hometown was in that stadium. And none of them were wearing Oakland stuff, of course. But um, no, that was that was it was like a perfect fall day too, mid-October, late October. It's the best place to play football in that environment. I love that. Now in South Beach, are you are people are you out and about? Like, how's this working in Miami? No, you're up north, aren't you? Ah, you are, which I love. It's great. Yeah, I'm straight suburbs. Um, you know, 
I'm west of Fort Lauderdale and it's going to take me 45 minutes to get to Fort Lauderdale to get to Miami. But like when family's in town, like we'll go to the beach or whatever, but man, it's such a hassle with traffic, everything like that. You're 15 miles away, but it's going to take you 45 minutes to get there. Like it's, so it's unbelievable. I'm, I didn't grow up like that. So I'm not used to that. You know what I'm saying? You're such a Wisconsin boy. You can't help it. <laughs> That's great, man. Let's see what else. Best player in the NFL you like to watch. Or just not best player. That's a poor question. What's your favorite player like to watch in the NFL? For me, it's George Kittle. I mean, I think we already talked about it. I think it's Juice. So I think we're both 49ers guys. Like to watch that tape. I watch that tape. I watch the first half of their games. Now all your tape is that because coach came from there. But I watch the first half of their games. How much crazy shit have you seen on film from fullback and tight ends? Like missing blocks. Someone else picks it up. Like the normal fan would never see it. And that's why I almost want to go that route because I'm like, man, you got to watch this. It's insane what these guys do. It's, I mean, you're cleaners, right? You have to be able to know your assignment. You have to predict what's going to happen on defense, right? You have to predict all these blitzes. You got to figure out what's going on. And then at the end of the day, someone's going to miss their block. You just got to get the play started. So you're running full speed, heading to the right. You're crossed over with that left leg because you're really, you know, long stride. And all of a sudden, a three technique, freaking up and under. You got to put that foot in the ground, somehow get in the way so your running back can get the playoff quarterback can get the ball off and to see some of the body control these guys have is it's unreal you guys added jalen ramsey who yeah. else who's the best player on your team how do you how do you answer that question because who's Tyree the best Hill, guy who do you look and you're like yo this guy's just stupid i think you show up to our practice you could know nothing about football first time ever seeing the sport and be like, oh, number 10 is really, really – he's the best player. Like, he's really good. He's really fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what – that's a Tyree Kill effect. I think he helps Jalen Waddell. I think he helps Tua. I think Tua helps both of those guys with his accuracy. And then on defense, you have a guy that a lot of people don't talk about, Jalen Phillips. He is always in the quarterback's lap. He's – he – I don't know how many pressures that he had last year, but it had to be high. Like, he didn't get the, the huge sack numbers – but dude was getting off the ball. You get, you bring in Bradley Chubb too. Christian Wilkins is an absolute handful on the on the D line. Zach Sealer is like run defender. He's gonna two gap you. You know, swim. It's our front our front four are pretty pretty special. It's gonna be a good year in Miami under it's, the sun and no state income tax. Hey, <laughs> no state income tax. All of the humidity though. We're going all the Ooh, way up. On what's training camp like there as we wrap things up? I was told to bring two cleats out to practices because you're going to sweat through your first pair. And it, it did not disappoint. Like Guys are cramping left and right? Uh, a lot of IVs, like a lot of liquid IVs to like get going. You, you have to. September, August and September down here, you have to get IVs, hydration, any which way. And I think our trainers, training staffs are really good at that. But I had never gotten an IV before a game. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is like, you need to, <laughs> you're going to be out here. It's 95 with 95% humidity. You need an IV and I'm running around there feeling waterlogged and I can't move, but didn't cramp. For those that are going to buy Alex's book, talk about the podcast you have going out with. Can you talk about that? I think we can next week. First episode on a Monday. We're four days away from a launch of forged podcast. So forged crucible side by side. I didn't get to do the audiobook voice. Little upset about it, but it is what it is. And so now we're going to do a little side by side, open up the book, 
I'm not reading from it, but I'm going to tell you the stories behind it. I'm going to give out some quotes to really kind of paint pictures while you're reading the book or while you're, you know, you're reflecting on the book to be able to kind of see that and be like, okay, this is really what was going on. This is what happened. This is why you put certain things per chapter. And we're going chapter by chapter for nine weeks. We're going to rip them all out and it's going to be really fun. So I think it's a, just a different way to kind of experience the book, experience those stories uh, in an audio version that's not straight up somebody else's voice reading my book. I love that, man. That's so strong. Again, check out the book. Check out the podcast. Uh, before we wrap, what was your favorite part of the NFL media workshop? What do you think you did the best? Now, we are for those at home. Alec and I were put through a um, – uh, Alec and I were put it through a – uh, series of workshops for 48 hours. And then the last day, the final hour, we were called to the mic. Suit, tie, hair, makeup. I got a good picture of Alec and I <laughs> next to us. You can see this here. I'm sure we'll clip it. And we're rocking and rolling. Uh, you, we had to call a game on radio. We had a call game on TV. We had to do a podcast. And we had to do an analyst desk pregame show. And I say had to. It was an awesome experience. It was one of the most first-class experiences I ever had. But if you had to pick one of the four, what do you think you were best at and what do you think you'd like to do the most? So I have my answer. Do you have your answer? Yes. Mine is the radio color commentary. The podcasting, of course, that's – I mean, that's the, everybody does them. Everybody has one at this point. I have the same answer. The radio, the play-by-play, -play, the, the analyst, the painting a picture, describing football – while someone's listening like dude that's how once again that's how i grew up that's how i loved listening to games when you couldn't go you're in the car and i feel like it's fast paced you're in and out but you're also giving so much energy to the game right like you feel the energy you're part of it i feel like that was the best of both worlds i felt like is that kind of what you get 20 seconds to explain some of the greatest athletes doing some of the greatest things on turf right and it's like it's it's a blessing to be able to do stuff like that dude it is. I called 20 plus games when I was in and out of the league my first three years at uh, at Temple University. I called the games. It was incredible. The juice I had leaving the games, the experience I was getting in marketing, giving me something to do to stay in the game, but also train and during the week to stay relevant. So absolutely love the radio. And that and our radio guy was fantastic. They were amazing. It was first class. So I want to ask you before we go, but Alec Ingle. You're a legend. We hit it off right away, and a pleasure you coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. Following up, dude. Let's go. I'm the only one saying that game.